0: Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of to the point nutrition i'm the dance nutritionist and i'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer you don't have to diet instead i'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance a nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing but also enhances your strength improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. What the heck is food flexibility? And why do dancers need more of it? Hi, I'm Rachel Fine. Welcome back to Nutrition for Dancers, where I'm teaching you how to become the healthy dancer. Today, we're talking all about one of the biggest tools that I utilize with dancers in my elite coaching program, and that is food flexibility. But what does this even mean? Dancers spend much of their time working on flexibility in the studio, but what I am talking about is flexibility at your meal and snack times. But let's back up a little bit. First, in order to better understand what food flexibility is, I want you to first think about what it means to be inflexible with your food choices. See, a lot of dancers struggle with messages that are essentially sold to us from diet culture. Diet culture makes up a $72 billion industry, and that's only in this year alone. That number usually goes up. The dieting industry sells us this idea that in order to strive for success in basically anything we do, we need to prioritize weight loss. And in order to get there, we need to subscribe to often unsustainable methods that either support calorie deficits, exhaustive exercise routines that go beyond your dancing, just to name a few. So with all of these messages from diet culture being brought into the dance studio, it's very easy for dancers to hyper-focus on the role that food plays in their physical health and physical performance. We often see this with wellness types of lifestyles like clean eating. Dancers will easily become obsessed with wanting to choose foods that are either clean, pure, or healthy. And then when it comes to choosing foods that perhaps have been deemed less healthy, less nourishing, maybe more indulgent, maybe even I've heard words like toxic used before, then what happens is dancers enter a cycle, a cycle that is often fueled by an all or nothing mindset around certain foods and one that often encompasses a lot of food guilt, paving the way for a very unsupportive relationship with food. So when we are inflexible with our food choices, most often we are striving for these unattainable goals that like I said before, are essentially marketed to us. Unattainable goals around food might involve needing to choose foods that fit into a very specific criteria. So maybe those foods are whole, maybe they are not processed, maybe they are not packaged foods, maybe they're not frozen foods. You're often trying to abide by pretty strict food rules. This is what makes us inflexible with our food choices. And then what we see is Life gets in the way. It's normal for this to happen. It's normal for routines to change. And then when inflexible eating patterns are met with changes, uh, external changes, whether that be in your schedule, whether that be in your environment, problems arise. So many dancers might struggle to eat foods that have not been prepared by themselves. They might struggle to attend parties or events where food is served. Inflexible eating patterns ultimately do not support your relationship with food long-term, and this can also weigh heavily on your mental and emotional well-being. So we want to start working on the idea of food flexibility. It involves a perspective shift, It involves the use of another tool that I work on with dancers, and that's food neutrality. We'll get to that. And it involves a step-by-step approach that I've created specifically for dancers. There are a lot of obstacles that face dancers when it comes to developing flexible behaviors around mealtimes. One is the fact that dancers are prone to perfectionism, and this can actually increase a dancer's vulnerability to, as I mentioned earlier, orthorexic tendencies that often form from clean eating lifestyles. Dancers are also often overexposed to misinformation surrounding nutrition. This is because of social media. This is just because of studio chatter. There is a ton of misinformation out there. And because of the unique pressures that many dancers might face in regards to body image, these messages can exacerbate a dancer's struggle in being more flexible with their food choices. And then of course, High levels of physical activity and busy schedules can make it challenging for dancers to both listen to and honor hunger cues. So it's super easy for dancers to fall into routines and then get very comfortable with those routines, especially as they relate to meals and snacks. This too can turn dancers without even knowing it into being quite inflexible and even picky with their food choices. Food flexibility allows dancers to adapt to an ever-changing food environment. We are not locked into very specific rules that must be abided by. Instead, we can make food choices with the information and the foods that are accessible to us in a way that doesn't leave us feeling guilty and actually leaves us feeling supported physically, mentally, and emotionally. Step number one, eat enough food. I know this sounds simple, but many dancers are actually below their baseline when it comes to fueling their body adequately. This could be intentional from reasons like restrictive eating behaviors, but this can be also unintentional for reasons like busy schedules. The bottom line, we wanna make sure you're fueling adequately. And I always go back to my very general recommendation, but it's a good starting point at least three meals, two snacks a day. Aim for these regular eating times throughout your day. And if you have to, consider it a flexible eating plan and maybe put some reminders in your phone because as I said earlier, those hunger cues can actually go diminished for many dancers. So having that proactive approach is super important. If you're struggling to determine whether or not you are eating enough, then I want you to first check out my blog post about calorie needs for dancers. And then if you're still questioning it, you're gonna want to reach out to a licensed professional. A registered dietitian like myself can further help to ensure whether or not you are meeting your baseline energy needs. The next step to increasing your food flexibility is to challenge the food police. Now this comes straight out of the 10 principles of intuitive eating. The food police can either be external messages or internal thoughts that are essentially telling you what you should and should not be eating. You know, if you've ever thought to yourself, shouldn't be eating this, then you've been impacted by the food police. And we want to start to challenge these thoughts and even challenge those external messages. Remember, there are foods that nourish our body and there are foods that nourish our soul. Not every eating opportunity you have has to be for the sole purpose of optimizing or perfecting your performance or health. We want food to support all aspects of our being our mental, emotional, and our physical beings. And this is where we want to begin to use food neutrality to help us remove the morality behind our food choices. So here's an example. If you are defining yourself as being good for choosing a salad or being bad for choosing dessert, then you are placing a moral value on your food choices that you're further reflecting onto yourself. This is what we need to break because your food choices do not reflect who you are as a person. And remember, there is a difference between feeling bad after eating a certain food. So let's say you ate a food and you ate to a point past physical comfort, right? You feel like maybe you overate on something. There's a difference between feeling physically ill or bad after eating a food and feeling like you're being bad for eating a food. So it's very possible that you might eat something and feel physically unwell from it, but regardless, Whatever you're eating, you don't have to define your degree of moral value based upon it. You might need to dive into the work of granting yourself unconditional permission to enjoy specific foods again. This often goes hand in hand with mindful eating techniques to reintroduce foods that you might feel like you can't trust yourself around them. And last and most importantly, I wanna introduce you to the Healthy Dancer food flexibility algorithm. This is what I encourage you to use for those mealtime decisions. So instead of making your choice solely based upon the nutrition facts or the nutrition facts label, we're gonna go through this algorithm together so you can better understand how to increase your flexibility around that choice. First things first, think about your intent. Are you headed into a dance class? You might want some sustainable energy for that dance class. Are you about to go out with friends? Well, that's a different type of intent behind your food choice. Next, consider what you're craving, but also realize that we might not always have a craving accessible to us. So it's super important to also remember what is accessible at this moment. And only then are you ready to consider applying gentle nutrition to your choice. Gentle nutrition utilizes nutrition information, but in a way that is not obsessive. So as I mentioned earlier, if you're heading into a dance class, then choosing some fibrous complex carbohydrates might help to promote more sustainable energy levels. If you're focusing on a post-class recovery meal or snack, then you might wanna prioritize protein and carbohydrates as a way to help repair muscle tissue and replenish muscle glycogen. Believe it or not, a source of simple carbohydrates can help in these instances too, especially in regard to optimizing that post-performance uptake of amino acids and glucose. And then the last stage of food flexibility is reflecting and learning from your experience. While we want to strive to build positive relationships with food, it's reality to not have every food experience be the best experience that you're gonna have. There's gonna be instances where a food or a meal is gonna leave you disappointed. It's important to reflect and learn from these experiences. The same goes with perhaps feeling physical discomfort after eating a certain food, perhaps eating something that's too fibrous before dance is gonna leave you with a stomachache. So all of this is feedback that you wanna consider for moving forward with additional food choices. To learn more about how food flexibility can support you and your relationship with food and your dance goals, then head over to the blog post, learn more, and consider my food flexibility challenge. This happens every April. It's completely free and it will offer you actionable tips to boost your food flexibility at both mealtimes and in the studio. Learn more below, and of course, give me a subscribe. Until next time.